Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in and around this beautiful blue-green orb that we call Mother Earth. Mmm, baby. It is August 19th. Uh, we're, we're almost there, guys. We are almost... Summer vacation's almost over. We're packing our school bags, grabbing our our uh, three-leaf binders and uh, folders and pencil cases and mm, markers and crayons. Remember back in elementary school when you had you got to bring markers and crayons and a pencil box to school and, like, you didn't have a care in the world? I miss those days. And then once you got to middle school, like, I remember my sixth grade year, I had a pencil box and I brought markers and crayons in my pencil box to there and it lasted about a week because everyone made fun of me that was also the year that i pooped my pants oh, <laughs> in no. class so uh that's that's the life that i live <laughs> this is the, the world that we're living in man i don't know <laughs> that's a great way to start a podcast it's a story for another day though if you're just listening to the michael Dupree variety hour for the first time welcome it is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, directors, writers, and uh, so many more, uh, except uh, still no sculptors. Uh, I feel, uh, you know, I mention that every week. I say I have sculptors as part of that spiel, and then I say still no sculptors, and yet I just don't, I don't just remove sculptor from that uh, that list of, <laughs> of artist types. Uh, it's like I'm begging. I'm begging for you, sculptors. Is there like a sculptor group on LinkedIn or Facebook or something like? What are they gonna do? Come on a show and like sculpt something? I, they could at least talk about their process. Yeah, Come okay. on, like anyone can talk about their art. You don't need to see art to feel I, art. You I know? know a couple of sculptors. I'll send your way, man. You do? Mm-hmm. See, everybody says that. And I think one of them pooped their pants before. See, we have a lot to talk about. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so if uh, the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is also the world's only mandatory podcast uh so welcome back everybody on the planet Mm, man we have a really fun show for you guys today uh later on uh we'll be joined by uh you know we we had a we had a really exciting guest that we had planned uh for the second half of this podcast uh we were gonna have a uh he juggles fire um but he got seriously injured in an accident uh, so I had a last minute. My uncle Ron was in town. Um, I don't know. He's he's fine. Like I, I, you know how you like love your uncle or your aunt. You love your 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 relatives, but you know sometimes they just don't. You don't mesh with them that well. Their opinions and all that stuff. It's kind of one of those situations. But he's on the show. He'll be on the show. We'll kind of get his opinion on the current world uh, and all that stuff. And. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll uh, get to the bottom of where he's at uh, intellectually. <laughs> uh, also, later on, we'll have a, another edition of a Billy's Bucket List. Uh, our friend Billy has a huge bucket list, and he's continuously uh, doing the things on it, and we're going to see his status on that. But right now, we are joined by a pretty, I would 
I would go as far to say, uh, pretty much legendary uh, member of uh, the art and music community here in Detroit. Um, he's an alt alt country and uh, roots singer songwriter, Don Dupe Dupree. How you doing? Welcome. Thanks for having me. So I've seen uh, conflicting things. Uh, I've seen it as Dupe and Droop. Is 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 it? It's dupe though, yeah. Yeah, people just misspell shit. That's what I figured. It's hard having that name growing up, brother. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Rhymes with a lot of stuff. It does, uh, and uh, I can attest to that because we have the same last name. That's right. Uh, except mine is spelled wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yours spelled yours is spelled correctly, uh, and this is the first time I've ever spoken to somebody other than somebody in my family who has not only the same pronoun like same last name as me. Pretty much, but this but pronounced the same way. Right. Everyone else I meet is like Dupre. Is, your, is yours French? Uh, French Canadian, yeah. Yeah, man, that's too. Yeah. Where Where does your uh, family hail from? I, I don't know, man. One day I'll find out. I, <laughs> I, mean, I gotta get the uh, enhanced license, though. Let's go figure that one out. Yeah, just go on a soul searching <laughs> adventure. Man, so uh, what, what was it like growing up as a Dupre? <laughs> it was. It was Fine, that man. last name. Yeah. You get a lot, like, <laughs> like I say, a lot of people make fun of that stuff, but it's all good. Yeah. Uh, well, my my thing was uh, a lot of people made fun of my first name because Mike rhymes with a lot of words. <laughs> Kids can be cruel, man. Yeah. Adults can be cruel. They sure can, dude. <laughs> You're not lying. I am not lying. Uh, but yes, welcome, Don Dupree. Uh, you are a uh, wonderful artist. Uh, and you, uh, so, uh, you were born and raised in the River Rouge, uh, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sweet, down river. Uh, and what was your, uh, experience growing up in, like, such a industrial area? Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. It's very, uh, uh, racially kind of, like, mixed, you know, a lot of black and white. So you get to see that growing up. It kind of almost, like, ruins things today because everybody's pretty much got along now that things are going the way they are in the world yeah you're going oh shit man i guess we grew up in this little bubble yeah. it's not really like that no it is not yeah <laughs> see i uh yeah where i grew up was kind of the opposite like it wasn't when i was younger it was not very diverse and then as i got older it started to become more diverse and then the you know people the white people got scared and they ran away right <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's that's uh, Redford. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, well, shout out to Redford. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, Down River, uh, you know, tends to get like a bad rap, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, the stories that you tell in your songs and uh, kind of the way you pride yourself and present the, the area that you grew from, grew up in, uh, kind of paints it as, you know, it's gritty, but it's a kind of beautiful place. So why do you... Why do you um, uh, why do you feel uh, that is an important way to thing to portray in your music? I think it's just kind of, you know, you want to stick up for your people yeah. in, a, in a way, you know. It's just like, you know, like, you're talking about Down River, you know, getting a bad rap. Try being from River Rouge, it's just the end of Down River, and, yeah. been, and Down River makes fun of River Rouge, so you're like, <laughs> you know, it's you just want to stick up for everybody. You know, you want people to think, hey, I'm smart, man, we're smart. Can ram smiling, smiling yeah. with Coney Island, brother. You got some artists down there. Yeah, we got yeah we <laughs> down there. Now we're starting to get a lot more. So yeah, but yeah, I just think that everybody want you know needs their story told no matter what. Just you yeah, know, especially the little guy or whatever woman. 
person. You get mad when people like uh, when you see people like really <coughs> diss on Don River. Nah, I get used to that shit, man. Because yeah. everybody does, you know. Just let it roll off the back. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all fun until somebody punches them in the face or something. <laughs> Very true. That's not fun. Yeah. Violence is never the answer. <laughs> no, I would never uh, do you that. Know. But, uh, but you get used necessary. to that stuff. <laughs> you get used to uh, hearing all the jokes and everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, so when did you first kind of pick up a guitar or pick up any sort of instrument and start realizing you kind of wanted to start making music? When I was a little kid, um, I used to go to this little church over by, uh, it's like right behind the steel mill with my grandmother and a lot of Southern people went there and, um, her friend bought me a little toy guitar. I remember when I was little and then, uh, when I got a little older, I was about 12. My dad's, uh, played a lot of cards and stuff, you know, he came home like, one morning after like we got paid on Friday, it was like a Saturday morning, and he said, "You still want a guitar? Because I want a bunch of money playing cars." And took me on and bought me a guitar. And I started playing it, you know, from that. And then mm-hmm. got a little older, you start learning about girls and start writing songs about them, and mm-hmm. you know, it just goes from that, I guess. Like uh, my girl, hit song. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so. Um... Yeah, so when did you kind of uh, start getting really serious like uh, about your, your songwriting? Um, was it about that time when you discovered Girls, or was it um, kind of older than that? It was older. I, I, I think um, around probably like when I was like 21, I got a band together with some people and some of my friends. It was a lot of cover stuff, but then I started writing originals, and we would play those, but then they didn't really like them as much after a while. And so, you know, everything... What was it uh, Janie quit? Jody got married. Shit, and it, you know it all fell apart. And then, but I just kept going down that road and just kept at it. Yeah, you know. So, um, and a lot of the songs that you are you write, um, at least now or in you know far reaching history, um, are kind of working class anthems. Um, you know, and uh, you know songs about the working people and uh, you know. Fighting off the bosses, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, what has uh, inspired you to kind of? Did you when you started making taking music writing seriously? Um, was that always what you wanted to write about, or did that kind of came? It just came out, and then I just um, you know I never realized it's just kind of funny because you, you don't realize that I, I didn't personally realize that I could do that. And I saw a friend of mine, this guy named Ty Stone, and he was singing songs about the Great Lake Steel, and I'm like, you can't do that, dude. I was like, I think only Bruce Springsteen is allowed to do shit like that. <laughs> but he's like, nah, man. And then you just start, then it just starts coming out. And and that's the thing is, like, I don't try and make none of it up or anything. I just try and just say what I see. Yeah. You know, make it rhyme, and and that's it. I think when you try too hard, you see it just doesn't come through the right way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but I know certain people, it just seems like everybody's singing about riding on trains and digging ditches and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? This is 1920, <laughs> you know? It's it's like uh, trains hobos will kill you, man. Like don't get on the trains. And... So I just try and write about what's real and what's happening. You never hopped on a train before? Oh no, brother. <laughs> no, I probably slip off and get cut in half or something. <laughs> that would not be fun. Uh, what would be what's the worst cause of death you could think? Of? I've seen some pretty some pretty bad ones. I've been a fireman for twenty years. So oh yeah, I could tell you some. We just had a guy get his legs ripped off. Like four days ago, oh god, in a concrete uh, auger. Oh man, I, w- I asked the wrong person. That's, that's <laughs> probably pretty bad. Yeah, cut in half, pretty bad, brother. I was gonna say like trampled by pigs or something. Yeah, I think this one was the worst. 
<laughs> yeah, that does not sound good. <laughs> so what is so man? Yeah, so you've been a, a fireman for a couple decades now. Yeah. Um, what? How have you kind of used that as, as part of your art? Because uh, you, I'm sure, yeah, like you've seen some terrible things. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, once again, it kind of goes back to I get to see all these different like. You know, you get a lot of friends and people, and they go, I want to quit my regular day job and, you know, go do music or pursue something else full time. Uh-huh. I remember a long time ago, this guy told me, a writer, he said, he said, don't ever do that, man. He goes, stay there and you, you'll understand. And I ended up getting laid off a couple times where I would have to leave the, you know, the workplace and go out in the real world. You know, it's like, man, no, it's way much better. It's better for your art to have a job, man. To me, hmm. you know, I saw more. That's yeah. why you see so many songs now about people being, you know, if you turn on any radio right now, it's just like uh, any kind of singer song. Everybody's like, "Sing, I'm on the road, I'm on the road, I'm on the road, the road's this. It's like, well, what's happening around the house? Yeah. You know, what's happening down the street with the what's her name? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think having a job really helps it, you know, because you get to see real life, man. That's the unfortunate thing about when, like, your favorite artists start to get really popular. It's like, you want them to still, you want them to be successful and you know, make money doing what they're doing and, you know, because they're amazing songwriters and some of them do make it work. But, sure. you know, once you get to a certain status, <laughs> you know, it's like hard to have, be relatable in the same way that, you know, someone who does have to work or, you know, is, you know, on the same level in that way. Sure. No, there's no, no doubt about it. It's always unfortunate. That's, uh, thankfully that hasn't happened to the Avid Brothers yet, in my opinion. <laughs> they're my favorite band. Uh, <laughs> so, thankfully... Like yeah, they're great. Uh, Ballad of Love and Hate, that's a good song. It's oh, so great. That's a good <laughs> uh, yeah, so thankfully their music is uh, still staying true to themselves. So that's good. That's good. But, you know, they, they still live modestly, it seems. You know, like you'll I watched their documentary and, you know, they're still living in their hometown and living, you know, the houses are nice, but they're not like mansions or anything, sure. you know, like, and they still have like farms and. You know, doing the thing. Stay true to yourself. That's, That's it, the man. advice. All roads will lead you home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's. I, I, I want. I want the people to hear what you got. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's this first song that you'll be playing for? It's called. Uh, I'm gonna play a song called "Tale of Two Cities" for you. Tale of Two Cities. What's yeah. the one about? It's just. It's about um, basically what I see is going on right now, and you know, pretty much in America, if you go to any major city except like Toledo, I guess, like. People just, you know, whatever, I get it. People are like, gentrification, this and that. And it's like, I see it, man. And I see what's happening. People just act like, hey, well, you got to break a couple eggs and make an omelet. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, pe- pushing people away from these neighborhoods they've been in and, you know, outpricing everything. And that's kind of what it's about. So you'll, you'll see in the song. Um, nice. <clears throat> what, you know, like I say, this is just kind of what I see happening. Oops. Awesome. Here is Don Dupree with The Tale of Two Cities. That's a tale of two cities. One is shines, the other is gritty. One is laughing. One is crying, one is living, while the other is dying. Hey, on Main Street, they're going to parties, while the back street is going to hell. It's a story that we all know too well. 
That's a tale of two cities. I hear downtown they're building another high rise. And just last week they shut down more schools on the city's outside. Spirits are broke and hands are tied. It makes it hard to even try to fight. Hey, on Main Street they're going to parties. While the back street is going to hell It's a story that we all know too well Oh, it's a tale of two cities It's a tale of two cities Now there's rich And there's poor Seems there ain't no middle anymore. Hey, I ain't here to protest nothing. I'm just here to report. That's a tale of two cities. Absolutely excellent. Thank you so much. You know, that reminds me of my favorite movie, Garfield, Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> which I think had similar themes. <laughs> what lasagna in this one? Does he like lasagna? Was it? Doesn't he like lasagna? He does love lasagna, and uh, equally as much dislikes Mondays. Oh, he so does, that's right. It's, uh, you know, it's, everything in life has balance. <laughs> um and uh, you gotta love and you gotta hate, and that's just part of life. That's it, dude. And that's what I've learned from John Davis's hit uh, comic strip, Garfield, <laughs> <laughs> and the movies. <laughs> Bill Murray's maybe best role. What do you think? Uh, I like uh, what's the movie Scrooge. I always like that. Man. Scrooge is good, but it's no Garfield tale of two kitties. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, so uh, you released an album, uh, your your most recent album that you've released, uh, if I'm right, is uh, The Corridor, yeah. um, which was 2017, or was that 20, 2016? Probably 2016. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the process of that uh, album. So you've released four four studio albums total, right? Yep. Um, and uh, the first uh, couple were uh, an, under the name... Uh, Don or Dupe and the Inside Outlaws. Yep. Um, and uh, so, what what was your kind of process of like releasing these albums as a uh, kind of just Don Dupree, um, and and also this most recent? Album? Uh, I just well, you know, with the band, it, it was really a joke name. Yeah. And when I made started, when I made my first demos, or like I put out like an EP that was kind of like demo stuff, and I played everything myself on there, and my buddy's like, just make a band name up. This is a long, long time ago, so I was like, I remember at the time everybody was talking about like outlaw stuff. And everybody's outlaw. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm no outlaw. I'm like inside outlaw. Like it's a joke, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I put it out, and then next thing you know, people like the, you know, everybody's just like, we're outlaw country. And I'm like, oh shit, I messed that up, right? <laughs> but then uh, I kept wanting to just go back to my name because I was getting a lot of gigs by myself. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, you know, people were like, how do you want me to put your name? And so I was, finally I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna put out a record, you know, as my name. 
and makes things a lot easier. Yeah. But I do, I do remember the one guy goes, don't do it, man. He's like, it's going to mess everything up. He was right. Because <laughs> no did. one, dude, people wouldn't, I mean, it's like the Metro Times had one of my or last, or my first two releases, they have like number one of the year and shit. And I put this out, they wouldn't even review it. Wow. They, and I'm like, but it's because the people just don't know the names. You know, I just, I'm trying to contact like all these like press people and stuff from around that I had been dealing with for all these years. And nobody wanted to really do anything about it. <laughs> like, it's the it wasn't, same thing. <laughs> I know, but they're just, I, you know, it's just strange. And the guy yeah. was right. He said exactly what he said was going to happen, happen. Well, uh, so this is your second release uh, under your, uh, your, your just your solo name, right? Uh, this first. Your, oh, was this was the first, the first yeah. one. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But do you think, like, as uh, as time's gone on, you know, it's been a couple of years, do you think people are starting to realize, oh, wait, it's, yeah. it's Don Dupree. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it just takes time. Yeah. It'll work out. Very cool, yeah. Because this, uh, yeah, this album is uh, it's uh, it's excellent. Thank you, uh, so it would be a shame it. for people to not to not give it a, the time of day that it deserves. I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, what was kind of the the process of uh, putting together this kind of solo album, and uh, was it um, would you say it was more challenging than kind of working with uh, the full band? Uh, not really, man. Because I didn't at the time. I, this time in my life, I had like no money. I was laid off. I started this business that ended up going south, but I was working down at the uh, Comet Bar in, in, in Cass Corridor down there, and, uh, you know, it was a rough area and stuff, and I got to a certain point, man, where I was just working there at night, and I was, like, uh, I was working in the kitchen, and I was just like, what in the hell am I doing here, man? Like, this is what, my life, and I'm just, like, driving home thinking this. And sure as shit, this idea for this song comes in my head, and next thing you know, man... It was just life played out. And mm-hmm. I just, everything I started seeing, I started writing about. And it was just like everything was there for me, dude. I just had to sit my ass down and write it, you know. And, and that was it. I just looked around and it just came out, you know. That's why it's called The Corridor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all true stories on there, man. Yeah. Nothing's made up. Well, that's, uh, I guess that's kind of a good uh, segue to the next question of like, um, you know, a lot of people... Uh, a lot of artists kind of approach music, songwriting by, you know, there'll be real emotions and stuff, but they'll they'll tell it in a different way. They'll they kind of uh, fabricate not fabricates the wrong word, but you know they'll tell stories. Uh, you know they'll use metaphors, and uh, while there is that pre- that pre- that is present in your music, a lot of it is you know true true to country, like very just real honest stories. Uh, and have you ever kind of had any hesitance or anything or fear of having that vulnerability no i mean you know i used to get mad about a lot of stuff you know but a friend of mine he he said listen man when you put your stuff out there you put it out there that's all there is to it Mm -hmm. if you don't want you know people to critique it or anything or you know then don't put it out there and that's just how it is because i get off i get like real mad you know one time i got a bad review from this dude and i was like i'm gonna fuck him up kick his ass (laughs) my buddy's like don't do that dude he's like just he's a critic yeah you know so i i kind of get over the fears of what i'm what i'm doing and like I said, I really approach things because I don't want to do it for me. Yeah. I'm trying to do it for the people because I just really have this this strong belief that this is for people. It's not to help me. It's not to blow my own horn or, you know? Yeah. I was doing it like, writing like a pizza, you know? It's just, it's, everybody should get a piece, even yourself. Yeah. But you know, it's that's kind of how it is. That's the way I look at it, at least. That's um, interesting that you uh, had that moment of uh, like getting angry at a review because I was, I was reading this article 
uh, from Metro Times. I don't remember from when it was from, but it was, I don't know if it was like 2012, but he was talking about how you had performed at the Detroit Music Awards and he didn't like your performance. You know, it was like a super long show. So he was like getting, it was getting to the point where he's like, okay, I just want this to be over with. And uh, he kind of like, you know, I think he'd written like some bad, like, you know, bad review about your performance and then you had reached back out and were like hey i'm sorry like you know i get it you know like i get you know but uh why don't you listen to the album and then he ended up loving the album uh like so what was your uh do you is that kind of how you approach a lot of like if you get a bad review or something like do you it's another opportunity at least they listen you know there's another opportunity for them to reach back out sure anymore anybody any review <laughs> i'd take at this point yeah but it, um I th- it's still i still like get a little mad i guess but it's hard not to when you yeah, put but so you know, much into it. It's, it's funny because you you can get a hundred good reviews, but you get one bad one. That's the you for the rest of your life, man. It just stays in your. And I think that's healthy. Yeah, you know you got to kind of have that. Uh, you can't have I mean, sometimes when you get. To, I think when you get too kind of like, and I don't know. This is a weird way of thinking, but if like if you, if, I, if you didn't have an opponent, and you listen to the song "Eye of the Tiger." Wouldn't be no fun, right? You're yeah. Just like, oh, no, nobody's against me. I'm doing the dishes. I yeah. Have the um, but yeah, I don't know. But I still get a little upset when people are like that. Or you know, you, you always get a thing that sticks with you. you know, from being down Rouge, you think you're better than me. Well, yeah. You know, so it's kind of like that. I'm not trying to just chill. You know, I roll my mouth a lot. Dude. I just. I always have a hard time with music critics, uh, in general. I feel like because like. You know, nothing again, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I know some incredible music critics and uh, or I guess just music journalists. Jeff Milo stands out. Um, but um, it seems weird, like, because, you know, music is so subjective. I read this recent article about like one of my favorite music producers, Jack Antonoff, and it was like, Jack Antonoff writes a lot of music and it's none of it's any good. <laughs> it's like, what kind of what does that even mean? <laughs> like, what? and it's just like it. It's so it's such a weird business. I feel like well, it's 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 it has turned into something so weird. Now it's like you know back in the day, like people they would let you know at least like they took time to, to, to even if something was bad to talk shit. The right like you said. Now it's just like well, this is this record sounds like um this artist uh it was, it's like Johnny Cash and um. Loretta Lynn had a baby while they were drinking whiskey, and that's what the rest. That's what the record sounds like. You know, it's like <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, put a little. Re- did you even listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, cats would they would they would tell you what's up. You know, even if it was bad. And them guys, that's what I kind of liked. They would stick their neck on the line. This is got some guys. You know, they get out there and put a review out, and guys would go beat them up and shit. <laughs> they did. That happened here. Wow. With uh, I forget his name. But yeah, he put a bad review on these guys, and they, they saw him outside the garden bowl and whooped his ass. <laughs> you know, but hey, guess what, baby? I kind of like that that, that yeah. he that he took an ass whooping for what he wrote. <laughs> you know, you got to be able to stay like you know? stand by it. Yeah, that was that was great. You know, I wish so. every person on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes that wrote a bad review about something got their ass kicked. <laughs> like, uh, no, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is a great movie, actually. No, but but it but it is it is funny with uh, the whole critic thing. There was a, I, I never really got into uh, Eminem, but he had put a song out. Uh, I think it was like last year or something, and we were listening to it. And he's talking about critics, and he, I, I remember there's this little part where he says, uh, "You know, you, you're you're you got all this expertise and knowledge, but you'll never be an artist." You know? Yeah. And it, and it's it, yeah, that's it. It's like you're you're trying to like, you know, uh, impress me with all this stuff, you know, because you know, you know. Uh, 
every blues record ever made or whatever artist artist. But write a song, motherfucker. Yeah. Get up in here and do it. Come on. Let's 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 go heads up here and let's see how this works out. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think uh, the review of whatever you did is gonna save somebody from killing themselves? I don't think so. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's what music can do sometimes. You know. It's kind of in- it's entitled. I feel like. Yeah, I'm not gonna go read your review because I'm heartsick over my yeah. girlfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm much I feel much better now that I read your review. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like a uh, like a music reviewer whose uh, whose um, reviews are like generally positive. Like though, though, I think those are important. Like you know, it's weird because like you know, it gives such uh, a platform for the artists they might not otherwise have. So it's kind of a weird balance. It's Very like, true. It can be so toxic, and I don't know. It's it's a we hard. Balance. We all want approval and hugs, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Anyway, uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about your songwriting process. Uh, so I was doing research uh, for this episode. I came across this fun little article for, from the uh, online literary review website, the Muse- Museum of Americana, and there's an article on there called Don Dupree's Rules of Songwriting. Uh, and I thought it was uh, <laughs> there were some great uh, tips in there. Uh, so I kind of wanted to run down the list and uh, get your, get your uh, spiel on each of them, uh, if you don't mind. Sure. <laughs> uh, so there's nine songwriting... Uh, Rules of Songwriting by Don Dupree. And uh, how did you kind of come up with these? Was this something that they just approached you? And I got a partner that I write with, this guy named John Freeman. And mm-hmm. uh, he's the one who wrote the, the thing. For, he's a, the uh, editor over there at that, for that for that for the whole music side of that uh, Americana thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, I'm going to start writing all these things down that you say. And, and then he kind of did it. And he goes, I'm going to put it out on, this, you know, on the, the website and stuff. I said, go ahead, man. <laughs> Do so, it. Yeah. Um, so the first one, uh, kind of, you already touched upon a bit, a little bit. It's uh, write songs that help people. Yeah. Uh, why do you think that's a uh, that's interesting that that's the number one rule? And I've I've seen in other interviews you've done, and in in this one today you've already you've talked about that. You've touched on that. So, uh, what is it about um, that in particular that's so important? Um, I just think back to even now. I mean, music was, music is powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes you, it can help you. It can make whatever kind of mood you're in. It just helps you. You know, if if you're hurting, you can go listen to this thing. It's gonna help you. You know, if you're feeling good, you can listen to this thing. It's gonna help you. So yeah, and that's why I just think about my experiences with it, and that's it basically. And and that's that's our job to me as an artist, dude. You know, get out of your own way and show everybody what's under the nose. It's kind of a ama- it is like I remember when I first. You know, it's something that you've, you kind of take for granted. You don't even really think about. But uh, when I was in high school, I remember I was having, like, an anxiety attack, which it was, like, one of the first times that it ever happened to me. And then uh, I just, like, turned on the Beatles. I turned on, I don't know, even know what song, but I was, like, and I just started singing along to it. And then, like, 15 minutes later, I was, like, feeling a lot better. And, you know, like, just crazy. that healing power of music, is, it's, it's incredible. Um so next rule number two, basically I'm going to be basically basic. The Tommy Hearns rule of songwriting. What what is that? There was I forget who Hearns was going to fight, but he was in this. Gonna, he was going to fight. Something. He was going to. He was in this like big title. I think it was like Marvin Hagler or something. And uh, they came like they were interviewing. It was like Harold Cosell or somebody like, "What are you going to do in the fight?" And he goes, "Basically, I'm going to be basically basic." <laughs> I was like, "Perfect, I love that." Just going to go out there. And- punch <laughs> yeah so i just that's kind of we always just i was used to say that to everybody but yeah just just be basic you know don't try and reinvent it to me it's you know don't try and reinvent the wheel man just keep it right there in the keep middle it simple that's it dude people yeah. like simple jack what is it about uh simplicity in music that is uh uh more poignant 
to you? What, what's that? What? Uh, that? What is it about simplicity in music that's more poignant to you? I mean, it's just easy to understand, dude. You mm-hmm. know, that's it. I just, I'm just trying to tell people it's if, you know, if I'm going to sit here and tell you a story, right? Mm-hmm. And after about a half an hour, you're like, is this story ever going to end? Like, <laughs> right? Is there an ending to this? Yeah. But no, you want somebody to sit down and go, bam, 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 bam. I take it you're not a fan of Russian literature. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Yeah, I couldn't say I was ready to it. That kind of leads into the the next one, the hot and ready rule. Oh, the, yeah, the pizza thing. Yeah. Yeah, was, that's another thing I say is, just, you know, it's like a pizza. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets a piece, you know. Make sure everybody gets a piece, especially including yourself. That's also like, uh, I think I had read in there, you were talking about it not being too long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, let, don't make the song more than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, really, after, you know, here I was, I was talking, it's like, if you keep a song three minutes, even if it stinks and we're all sitting around, at least you didn't want to sit there for five minutes stinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just keep it about three minutes if you can. Yeah. <laughs> make it move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, don't chase the radio. Yeah, I learned that from a guy, this guy named Steve Cohn, years ago. He was from Hazel Park, and he used to rec- I used to record with him and things like that, and he taught me a lot about music, but he used to always tell me that. He goes, never chase the radio because you're always going to be three steps behind. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, just... Don't just try to write the next pop song. A lot, what yeah. happens is you'll see a lot of people, and they just try and do exactly what's happening right now, and before you know it, that's done, and they're out with something else. So. Yeah, because that song is the song on the radio. You know, next year it's gonna be stale. No one's yeah. hear it anymore. So why do you want to hear a song that sounds like it? Yeah, so just try and <laughs> you know stay true to yourself. I guess. Yeah. Do your own thing. Um, collaborate. Number six. Col- number five. Collaborate. Don't be scared to take on a co-writer. Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't even realize they can do that with people. Mm-hmm. Co-write. I mean, I'd rather put my head together with people and and try and get some stuff done. And try and sit by myself because, like I say, I think I, I say it on there. You know, if I was got a refrigerator and I was going to try and move it in my house, I'm going to try and do it by myself. No, <laughs> you know, well, get to get your friend. Yeah, uh, is that, do you think people like tend to not do that because they're they just don't realize they can or just because they're precious about the song they're writing? No, I think I think uh, well, some of it I've seen both ways. Uh, I think a lot of people they don't even understand they can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people let let. Pride getting away. I've seen yeah. it, I've seen it getting away a lot of stuff. Nothing against that, you know. But I mean, they, I, it's, it's just stuff stuff's precious to them, and they think that that, that that's what they want to do, and that's that's their choice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I think a lot of times they just don't even know that they have that option. Um. Number six. Finish the song. Yeah, finish stuff. It's. <laughs> I, I think I say it on there. It a, I say it a lot. It's, it's a lot of people out there doing shit and a lot of people getting shit done. You got to finish stuff. You, I mean, even if it's not 100% the way you want it, at least you got something there. Yeah. You know, something to build off of. I always try and get everything done and then go back and just fine-tune it, get under the hood, you know, see what you can do. Yeah. Because I, I saw an interview with Sylvester Sloan one time talking about that. Where he goes, dude, he goes, just push yourself through it. He goes, then go back. He goes, that's the fun part. Then you can go back and figure stuff out, you know, make sure that foundation's there. Yeah. He's a great songwriter, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, number seven, Hill Street Blues Rule. What, we have to, might have to refresh my memory underneath there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, down to pre I, I closed out the article. Oh, I'm sorry. Accident, so I, oh. I didn't even look at it before I came in. <laughs> oh, I didn't warn you that we were doing this. <laughs> Hill Street Blues Rule. Steve Baca, who wrote Hill Street Blues, sums it up. Real characters, real behavior, real consequences. Bad yeah, things happen to good people. Yeah, the the um, that's, but I mean, he basically says it. I, I like Hill Street Blues a lot. 
and uh, got one of the writers on the show. You know, he says that you know it's 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 that's it. Just if you keep everybody real, it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. I think when you start going, well, what's this character doing here? And to me personally, in the songs, it's no. If we got let's try and keep it real here. And so we, we kind of talked about that before, but yeah, you know, just keep it real, yeah. man. Don't be fake. Don't be rude either. Uh, number eight, don't hate, take notes. <laughs> I saw I saw that on back of some guy's car one time on like uh like East Jefferson, yeah, you know, back of his car real big, you know. Mm. I thought that was great, and I think that's a thing, man. It's like get, get to know everything, even if you don't like something, at least try and give it a, give it a chance. You yeah, know? it's. I think that you you're not gonna your candle gonna shine any brighter, but blow someone else's out. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. Try and get to be cool with everybody. It's better I love to have that. Friends and enemies, man. Your you know? candle's not going to shine any brighter if you blow someone else's out. It's a true story. Whew. I think Jesus said that. Did he? <laughs> mm. Someone named Jesus did. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, last and not least, live for it, but don't be afraid to die for it. Yeah, it's when you get a little dark in there. I didn't know if I want to put that in. John said we should keep it. <laughs> but I, I, I said that. You know, I told him that one time. I said there's a lot of people out here, and they'll tell you. Uh, you know, I live to do this. But it's like, you know, I think the, if you really like this, you're going to almost be dying for it, <laughs> you know? Put yourself through a lot of stuff. You know, not on purpose so much, but yeah. I mean, you end up Push yourself drinking, to drinking a little more than everybody else or staying up a little later than everybody else to try and get your stuff done, however you do it, whatever it is. But, you know, it's going to take your life over in a way. Yeah. Which is a good thing, I think. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. It's good to check yourself sometimes with it, though. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Excellent. Well, those are the Don Dupree's Rule of Songwriting. (laughs) Uh, If you want the full version, just Google Don Dupree School of Songwriting. It's the first SEO. Great SEO on that. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) I don't don't think I've ever seen anyone else spell their last name like that, so you do. You just have great SEO on your name. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) Uh, So... um, you do you have any upcoming albums or anything coming out? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm working on a, a new record. I always take a long time to do my records. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a lot of I know a lot of people want to get in and out of there and get their stuff done, but I'm just kind of like I don't even I don't even like you know doing things. I just sit at the house and write all the time. So it always takes me a long time to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. You know, to go to the studio and do things like that. But it should be out sometime before the end of the world, hopefully. <laughs> Within the next five years, then. Yeah. It's like Chinese democracy or something. Or yeah. that Axl Rose record that took 13 years to come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good old Axl Rose. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we can, where can people find uh, updates on that to see when it's coming out? Um, just look on Facebook. I'll put, you know, the things like that in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not on there a lot, but, you know, I, I tr- I'll let you guys know and then. You know, we got shows coming up. I think we got something at the Ghostlight on the 16th with the full band. Oh, yeah. I don't know, we've got some people from Nashville coming to play on that. And Allison Lewis is playing on that one, too. Very cool. Allison Lewis is a friend of the show. Excellent performer as well. Uh, speaking of performance, speaking of the Ghostlight, uh, which is one of my favorite venues to see music at, uh, what are some of your uh, favorite places to perform in the in the Detroit area? Man, I, the Ghostlight is sweet. Isn't you know, it? Like, it's that, awesome. When we played that... Uh, the Hand Family Music Fest, I think. Yeah. We played in the Ann Hall. And I was blown away by um, the sound and the lights, and, like, they just give a shit. Yeah. Where they're just, like, you know, it's crazy to be listening to somebody and the sound guys running a live, uh, when somebody else, like, they'll, they'll do a little end of a song, and then he'll, like, double it. And you're like, dude, sound guy, what, what the hell, man? You know, they, that's crazy that they even care. Because you go to most places, and you're like, 
hey, can I get them? You know, the, the sound guys over getting a drink or something or, you know, whatever they're doing. I said, like, the attention to detail they use over there is great. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. That is Darren's home. a sweet motherfucker. I, I like love him. him. Darren yeah. is a great friend. He's, uh, yeah, he, the amount of care and love that they put into all sorts of art in, sure. the, in the Detroit area is amazing. Uh, love it. Love it very much. Uh, speaking of art, uh, what is this next song that you'll be performing for us called? Um, uh, this song is called uh, Something to Wrestle With. Something to Wrestle With. And is this about uh, Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage? or? Well, I, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of like a... Like a wrestling weirdo. Me too. Um, but I only, I like like old wrestling. I'm not like into kind of what's going on today. But I get into like a lot of weird, you know, shit like the his- history and all these different things. But this song kind of started as thinking about let's, let's just say like the Iron Sheik, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember seeing that guy when I was a kid, and you know what? The, what was like thirty some years ago, and here he is still out there like trying to wrestle and stuff. He's like yeah. in his early hundreds. And so you think about this stuff and these He's the guys. He's Twitter, too. <laughs> you think about these guys that are all busted up and still trying to do this yeah. and things like that. Terry Funk, too. That guy's Terry still Funk, wrestling. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, ancient. Yeah, he's still killing it. Yeah. And so I just kind of... I kind of was thinking about a lot of, a lot of Southern wrestling when I was writing this. Cause, but, uh, yeah, I'll just play it for you. Awesome. It's called Something to Wrestle with something. For the suspension of disbelief, I broke some bones and I lost some teeth. Not to mention my family and a few good friends. Hey, there's something for you to wrestle with. I ain't getting no sleep and I'm getting old. I still drive up and down these roads. I didn't save my money, so I'm still doing this. Here's something for you to wrestle with. Hey, I'm gonna kick out of this one. Just wait and see. Hey, I'm gonna kick out of this one. Don't you worry about me. Hey, I got a kick out of this one. I'm the last of the dying breed. One, two. Now the crowds and the pay ain't as good as the good old days. And ain't nobody out here selling shit. But at least I got something yeah, I can wrestle with Hey, there's something For you to wrestle with And for the suspension Of disbelief Absolutely Absolutely fantastic It's going to be on my new wrestling record Yes <laughs> You're going to pull Mountain Goats <laughs> Release an all wrestling concept album I'd be into it like I said, I'm a big wrestling nerd. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't really know. I listen to a lot of the uh, old or podcasts and things like that with all the his, wrestling historians and all this. I really nice. like that stuff a lot. When uh, when did you kind of stop uh, paying much attention to like 
wrestling. I think when I was, uh, I kind of quit watching when I was a kid, but then I remember when like Stone Cold Steve Austin was like his thing. Where yep. he was like the basically the biggest thing since Hulk Hogan. I was watching it again for maybe a couple of years, and then I just got away from it. I just yeah. I didn't have no time for it. But it's it's one of the most interesting things on the planet. I mean, it's just it's microcosm of America, dude. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time. I go. Now, not, not trying to be political, but I, I was talking to a, couple, a lawyer friend of mine last night, older guy, <clears throat> and we were, I said, you know about wrestling? I said, you know what a, a baby face and a heel is? He goes, no. Mm-hmm. I told him what it was, you know, baby face is a good guy and heel's bad guy. I said, at any moment, Donald Trump could come on TV at 8 o'clock at night and do a baby face turn. <laughs> and I said, people go ape shit. Yeah. Because he's <laughs> the worst bad guy on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, people would just go crazy, man. If he yeah. came out like, I'm sorry. I know I did wrong. I'm a <laughs> right? Yeah. Biggest baby face turn of all time, dude. Yeah. This man would be tripping. <laughs> tripping sweat. I don't think that's yeah. going to happen, unfortunately. No, no, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> but, I mean, it's crazy. Like, the, the way that they, they used to be able to manipulate everybody and do all these things, it's, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And these people just killing themselves to do this. Yeah. They're killing themselves. Literally, man. Literally, yeah. dude. Uh, Kamala, I think he's like uh, like paraplegic at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think he has no. Uh, it's, uh, is he, he's the one with no legs now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, was that the right guy? Or maybe it's Abdul the Butcher may, might not have the legs. I I think I don't think either of them do. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> so I watched some of the old clips from Abdul the Butcher. That guy, he was oh, insane. Dude, you watched the the uh, death match Detroit show? like. Big the, the stuff from the seventies, the big time wrestling is just like him and a sheik are like, no, <laughs> they just run in the ring and start forking each other's heads like this. Oh yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's like what the shit. Well yeah, like you watch matches and then like rubbing like barbed wire all, and like razor wire all over their yeah. face. Yeah, I mean, so I don't have the stomach for that. Yeah, that's, that's I'm just that's kind of where I kind of drew the line too. Where I was like, when stuff started getting a little too crazy, I'm like, damn. <clears throat> well, I was watching that. You know, have you heard of this new promotion AEW? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, uh, there was I was watching the first show. And, uh, uh, you know, they had uh, gold, like, Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes. And uh, I was not expecting it, but, like, Dustin Rhodes, like, busts his, his head, head busts open. And it's just, like, like literally a stream of blood just, like, dripping from his head. And it's, like, I got so queasy watching it. You know, like, you know, I watch wrestling every week, and I've watched tons of hardcore matches. But, man, just that amount of gore just, like, really was unsettling. Mm-hmm. And it's just blood all over the ring. Cody's... Got his hair all red now, or not now, but like after the match, it was like, oof. Anyway, <laughs> blood, blood red turns money green. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, man, you're so you're full of them. It's, there's a book. There's a book that guy wrote called that. It's about, it's about like it's a made up uh, '70s wrestlers and stuff, and wow. you know, just talking about because you know back then they they would be like, or even in the '80s, you know, Thought some of these like winners of territories. These, some of these guys get all you know, you got color or whatever. And then he'd give you a couple extra bucks, man. Wow. And like, I'll get COVID. I'll give you some oh, blood. Oh, man. So they would, they would just, like, purposely get themselves all bloody. Yeah. Man. So man. a little extra dough. Man. That's America. <laughs> That's right, brother. Anyway, uh, speaking of, uh, I don't know, no good segue to this, but our friend Billy, uh, he has a bucket list, and he wants to fill it out. Uh, so why don't you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy this next episode of Billy's Bucket List. Welcome back to another episode of Billy's Bucket List. I'm Billy. On Billy's Bucket List, we go through my bucket list and I update you on what I've checked off and what I'm adding. So without further ado, let's get started. We started this week off with getting rid of a 
big bucket list item that I've been trying to get rid of for years. Number 82. That's right, guys. I rode a pit bull through the streets of Manhattan nonstop for 38 hours straight, only stopping to eat a delicious dog from Frank's dog stand. That's right. Dog on dog action. I give it a 38 plus score out of 10. A worthy bucket list item for anybody looking to see the finer things and explore the big city. I have unfortunate news. I attempted bucket list item number 132 and failed miserably. That's right, I failed to give my mother a mastectomy. Unfortunately, I don't have a license to make that happen and now I just botched my mother's breasts. So. Sorry, Mom and Dan, but your love life is gonna be at least a little complicated from now on. Now, as you know, I've been taking listener uh, suggestions for what to add to my bucket list, and I've added a few great items. Uh, bucket list item number 230, the official new item to Billy's bucket list. Find a cockroach and have dinner with it and try to court it so it becomes my new girlfriend. I'm very excited to try this one out and we'll let you know how it goes. Although I will say, finding a cockroach that knows how to handle all that I can give is gonna be pretty complicated. Now I will say, one item that has been suggested to be added to my bucket list for a very long time, I will continue to reiterate that I will not add it to my list. Finding a job is not on my priority list, and if you add it, say, one more time, I'm gonna block you, and you're not gonna be able to listen to the progress on my bucket list anymore. Now before I go, I wanted to give a quick in memoriam to all the people who have passed in the search in my quest to further and complete my bucket list. I am going to list these names off right now. I don't have time to get into all of them, but here are a few of the key ones. And I will also list the number of the bucket list item in which they passed due to and the cause of death. Jake Johnson, number bucket list number 21, ramming my car, my Dodge Charger, into a 38-foot pole that he was working on and fell to his death. Carl Winslow, the guy from the Predator movies, uh, bucket list item number 48, where I wanted to kill someone from the Predator movies to show that I'm stronger than the Predator. And... Carla Appleseed, uh, bucket list item number 92, uh, find an apple tree, burn it down, and then find someone with the last name has the word apple in it and tell them about it. She died of shock. Thanks again for listening to Billy's Bucket List. Next week, we'll talk about uh, bucket list item number 102. That's right. This week, I'm tackling eating squirrel for dinner and telling my mom about it and seeing if she'll feed me after I botch her boobs. Back next week, guys. Have a great buckety week. All right. We are back. Uh, thank you, Billy, and I uh, hope that you are safe. Uh, we're still here joined by Don Dupree, uh, and we are bringing on our next guest. Uh, he is my uh, my Uncle Ron, uh, and 
I don't. You what? What do you? What is your job again, Uncle Ron? What huh? You, oh God. Oh, I gotta turn you down. What? What is your job? What do you do? Is for my the... car gonna be safe outside? Yeah, it's gonna be parked safe. out front. Yep, it's fine. It better be. Yep, it'll be coming fine. here for this dumb shit. What is this? This is the podcast, Uncle Ron. You still doing that theater stuff? Yeah. I told you. Play basketball or something. I, I like look, what man do? I'm a short, you, stocky you're guy. Still messing around with this theater shit. Yeah, God, Uncle Ron, I, I didn't realize you're stupid. Gonna, what is, what's got Make, you? What's got a bug up your butt today, Uncle Ron? Huh? What's you, what is the bug up your butt today? Well, I, my wife's daughter, uh, it was her birthday. She made us uh, take her so out for food. I, I, whatever. I don't want to call her that yet. Okay. Uh, see, she's got to earn that. Okay. Took out to some Chinese food place uh-huh. where I, they mix the food together with the rice or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was horrible. I just sat there with my arms folded and uh, just uh, made sure everyone had to eat in uh, suspense. <laughs> you didn't like uh, it? They were afraid. No, I don't like that kind. Well, I don't know. Don't what like what are you supposed to do? Mix the food together with the rice? Sure. I don't. I don't understand that. What do you mean? I'd rather go to Noodles and Company. <laughs> You're a big fan of Noodles and Company. You get the buttered noodle. Well, I mean, it's so, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of similar. You just, you take, you know, take, think of the noodles. What is this you're doing here? Some kind of... Is this a theater? You put this on at the theater? You do your... I mean, it is through Planet Ant Podcast, so, I mean, it's kind of theatrical, I suppose. Huh? <laughs> I said it's, you're not paying attention. You asked me a question in his own. I'm own. looking down at my phone. Yeah, I see I that. Gotta, what are you even looking I'm at? Watching a basketball game. Oh, great. great. <laughs> yeah, I thought you didn't like basketball. Huh? Uh, anyway, Uncle Ron, if you're going to be here, I like them all. I like all the sports. You know what? Because when I, I was raised right, I don't go around doing theaters. Uh, theaters. <laughs> What's wrong with theater? Well, uh,. I guess I uh, never thought about it that way. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's it's for sissies. Oh, okay. Uncle Ron, when I called you and said, hey, do you want to be on my show? You said you were enthusiastic. And you and said, I sure, told I'd love you, to see you. And I told you to tell your Aunt Carol she owes me money still from that wedding I got kicked out of. She made me leave. I put $300 in that envelope, and I want it back because I didn't get my meal. She said I was an embarrassment. I got dragged out of there, uh-huh. pulled in my car like yeah. I'm like some kind of animal. Look, I wasn't even at that wedding, so I don't know why you're yelling at me. Aunt Carol. Well, you start. Am I the middleman between to Aunt me? Carol more than I do? Not that's really. For sure. I mean, I guess maybe. Uh, like, but why am I the middleman between you and your sister? Because we are not on speaking terms. Well, I don't know. And she better not be because I tell you what: if she were to call me on the phone, get in my my truck. F-150, I'd drive over there. Yeah, he sure do have enough. And kick her ass in front of her kids <laughs> and her husband. That's not appropriate. Just drop her with one haymaker. Also, I noticed you have truck nuts on the back of your truck. Your F-150. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You don't like that? You got a problem. I, I didn't you're say doing anything. You're uh, your theater comedy, but when I try to express myself <laughs> comedically, it's a problem. I huh? didn't even say you're anything. Like, I just was pointing it out. You're getting very defensive, Uncle Ron. Like, you know, you don't even know if I was about to say it's very funny. It's, you don't know. What's wrong with you? What's up your butt today? I'm having a hard time. Having a hard time. I, uh, my, uh, my new wife 
and her daughter, uh-huh. especially. Or congratulations, are, by the way. Mia. Well, thank you, player. You know, I'm trying to hang in there, and uh, you know, I, I met this one. I don't know. Did Aunt Carol tell you about this? Yeah. She told you about this. I she met did. her at BT's yeah. in Dearborn. Yeah. She was not a dancer. Okay. So before that, she was a DJ. Uh huh. And I noticed she was playing uh, a lot of ELO. Oh. Uh, for the dancers, I can't. The dancers didn't seem to like it too much. My favorite yellow song is "Telephone Line." Oh, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. I was just down to Little Caesars Arena uh-huh. for the ELO oh, show. Yeah. They you call know, it Jeff Lynn's ELO now. Yeah, why is that? Uh, probably because uh, Jeff Lynn's uh, old, and they they just let him do what he wants. Yeah. They don't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> yeah, I hear his voice still sounds great. It does. Man, 71, I gotta say, it sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, had yeah. a great time, Little Caesars What do you think Arena. of the... Uh, well, yeah. Eighth wonder of the world, Little Caesars <laughs> Arena. Everyone's out here talking about how it was a big waste of taxpayer dollars. Sure. It's a monstrosity. Yeah. It's really easy to fall to your death. All valid. On the balcony. <laughs> yes. There's walls of... The walls are made out of TV screens, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. They all they show is uh, like ads for Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, <laughs> quick and loads. Yeah, you like that? I think it's wonderful place. Beautiful, one of the greatest shows I ever been to. Yeah. Well, what what do you like so much about Little Caesars Arena? Well, I like that uh, there's no theater stuff going on. None of that sissy stuff. There is no theater there's, there's stuff. People going on, playing sure. hockey, or Jeff Lynn is there playing uh, classic. Rock and roll music. <laughs> and there's basketball there, too. And there's basketball. There. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I knew about that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a sports guy. Yeah. You're a big fan of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite sport? It's basketball. Basketball. Uh-huh. Huh. You were a big Lions fan growing up. Yeah, that's true. Big fan of the uh, the football team, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, you know. You're not a fan of Ford Field, though. No, I don't like Ford Field. Because of the turf, I I don't like that, and I don't like because I've been stomped about three or four times there. Uh, and also, they don't have the daiquiri machines like they got at Little Caesars Arena. Those are to die for. Wait, hold on, back up. I didn't they know. I didn't know like about a, this. You know, no one like ever told me about this. You a got Dairy Queen slush. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to talk alcohol about. The, the, the stomping, the stomping incidents. What happened? <laughs> You oh, got... well, someone's trying, you know what I mean? I Listen, I'm not, when I go out, uh, I'm not going to have to uh, curtail myself. I don't want to have to wash my mouth. You know what I mean? I, you know, I was talking to this guy uh, and his wife. They cut in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. I was in line for uh, to get a beer, Miller Lite. Yes. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, you know, to the guy's wife, hey, you know, you're looking... Uh, you're looking real nice. She had on uh, Eddie Money Tour t-shirt. Uh-huh. I was like, hey, you know, I was at that show. DT Energy. And this guy, yeah, DT Energy Music Theater. Every year I go. Year. He opens up the season. <laughs> and uh, I, I wouldn't miss it for for the world. I love him. And uh, so, wait, what did you ask me? What are we talking about? Why did you get Carol? stomped out at a <laughs> You t- I want that three hundred dollars because I didn't even get to eat. I, can I give took you, one. I could give you three hundred dollars, Uncle Ron, if you need it. I was getting dragged out by my hair. 
Look, I can tell me that I, I ruined another one. Oh, well, what did you do? No one even told me what you ended up doing at that wedding. Are we? Are we? Are, what did I do? Well, why did you get stomped? Yeah, like, the guy stomped you out for after flirting so, with his wife. No, the guy's wife stomped me <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was real embarrassing. Yeah, because I was there with uh, <laughs> my fourth wife, and uh, she she, didn't, she just watched it. She let it happen. Yeah. She just watched. So she didn't like you. Yeah, she, a uh, well, you know what? She was a nice lady, though. No, she was not a nice lady. She's nice to me. You think she was nice because she took you... To Olive Garden. And to, uh, to Olive Garden, to Cedar Point. Yes. She didn't invite me. Yeah. Even well, that though was after we you were, were broken up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, she took me again after you broke up. I talked Unbelievable. to her Unbelievable. This is unfucking believable I'm sorry. I can't believe this shit. I'm sorry to cuss on here. No, you can cuss. It's fine. Yeah, okay so she stopped me out, and then her uh, young daughter she was with uh, continued to stomp me out. I got <laughs> getting up, and I had, you know, brushed myself off. I was like, let's go, player. I was like, the guy's, the her husband was like, don't stay down, dude. You take another, you know, like, I don't want to have to, like, join in with my wife and my daughter and stomping your ass. No. I was like... Fuck that, dude. I ain't no pussy. <laughs> and I got up and I said, dude. <laughs> and he didn't have to do anything because his daughter came in. She's about 12. And she just like, bam, bam, bam in my ribs. I could feel him breaking like a, <laughs> like a xylophone. <laughs> you okay? No, it's it's painful for me to think about this. It yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry Very, to bring it up. So that's when I got I had to get all the dental implants and that's when uh wife number five left because those dental implants cost a lot of money. They did. And that was all her money. It was all her money. Yeah. Uh and uh so wait, what was the next question again? Um, were we, what did were you we do? What did you no. what did you do with the wedding that no one told me the story? Like but they ended up getting you kicked out. Oh, and Carol's wedding. Yes. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, player, I was in there, I was, you know, we were all having a good time, Terry, you know, Uncle Terry, yeah. and your dad, we were talking, to, you know, we are having some drinks up at the bar, mm-hmm. it's a cash bar, by the way, to yeah. bullshit. That's not good at all. If I got to put $300 in the envelope, you can, you know, I better be able to have some beers for free, and it's... Why don't you just give $200 and use the other 100 to drink? Wait, what? We can do that? You can do whatever you want. You don't have to give anything at the wedding if you don't want. Well, n- you know your Aunt Carol. Yeah, if Aunt I didn't put anything in that envelope. Yeah, but I don't know. think she would have noticed the difference if you didn't, if you just put 200 versus 300. Okay, you know what? This, you know, if you're so fucking smart, why wouldn't you tell me this, call me on the phone, tell me this for the wedding? Look, I don't know. Because maybe I wouldn't have got dragged out by my hair. So we're still skipping past By the my of, like, own son. Oh. <laughs> Roddy did that? Yeah, Roddy <laughs> did that to me. He was the one who dragged me out by my hair. Oh, wow, I didn't know about that yeah. part. He said... That must uh, embarrassing. Yeah, he disowned me. Oh, He man. said that, uh... <laughs> you're not my father anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to see you again. And so, fine, he wasn't invited to my wedding. <laughs> Which one? The, uh, the woman I'm currently married to now, who has a daughter. Okay. The one went to the What's Chinese, her name? Chinese restaurant. What's her name? Her name's Terry Lynn. Okay. And uh, you still skipped over the part of what you did that made everyone mad at you and made you leave. 
Well, you know what I mean. I uh, in, listen. I told her, you know, Aunt we're Carol. just having fun. Hey, Aunt Carol, we're having some fun. You know, I'm about to, you know, go over there and get some, uh, you know, some celery with some ranch. Yeah. Bring it back to my table. Have Delicious. a little something to eat. Good cocktail. And she hour. said, uh, you know, I told you're not supposed to be drinking. Uh, you got a thing in your car that you got to blow into before it starts up. And then you come to my wedding and you're getting drunk right off the bat. And I said, Carol, you know, I love you. I swear to God, I'll knock you out. I'll knock you out right at uh, at this wedding. <laughs> and uh, and then immediately, my son's like, "This is the last time that you are going to threaten to fight uh, a woman <laughs> uh, at a family function." And he he listed the reasons for that. Number one, it's just it's really sad. <laughs> Pathetic is what he told me. Uh-huh. Two, he said, you've never fought a woman in one. You, you lose every time. And you, you don't just lose. You get you get hurt so bad, you got to go to the hospital and you accrue tens of thousands of dollars in medical debt. And three, that is your sister that you're threatening to, to fight. You're threatening to lay her out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. This was then, years ago. This was like three or four years ago. I know, yeah. I still have the night terrors from it. The beating was so severe <laughs> that my son and your Aunt Carol yeah. and, uh, you know, bestowed upon me in that parking lot. Yeah. Uh, you deserved it, it sounds like. Okay, well, you know what? I thought you, you know, what about all those times I took you to King's Island, took you to Long John Silver's? Those were nice. I thought you were on my side. You can't be... I did get food, po- food poisoning every time you brought me to Long John Silver's. And my mom kept what? telling me to stop. The one down uh, that used to be in Redford. Yes. You got food poisoning yes. from that. Well, I find that hard to believe. That's true. I think your mom probably poisoned you. No. And it was, you know, she tried to make it look like, oh, it's uh, Uncle Ron's fault. You think Mikey my mom poisoned again. me? Yeah, that is what I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think she poisoned you. And, you know, that's that was how everything snowballed and why um, no one in the family will speak to me anymore. I, don't think that's I think it was all a plan. I think it's because you've, you've a, threatened to fight every single woman in our family. Well, listen, I wouldn't have to do that if I got shown some respect, okay? It's just like the women on dating sites. I call them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They see the picture of me, and they tell me that, you know, you look like uh, you're living under a bridge, and they should be talking about Billy Goat's Gruff and uh, how short I am. You are short. My height. Yeah. And, you know, I tell them, you know what? You name the time and place, I'll be there. I'm going to drop your ass. God. And then I'm, <laughs> yeah, I get taken off of that dating site. Yeah. <laughs> you can't threaten people. Yeah. I get, you know. <clears throat> Do you think you have a problem, Uncle Uncle Ron? I, I got a problem with what? Anger. That's crazy. What, that's the only... That anger is what gets us through the day. It's what fuels us. No. It's uh, what, you know... Anger is uh, God's blood. That's the blood of Christ, the anger. You think so? Uh, yeah, the spicy uh, Italian blood comes mm. right from Christ. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so what have you been up to lately, Uncle Ron? 
What's new? Well, I've been uh, I've been uh, going to Noodles and Company. Yeah. Uh, getting those buttered noodles. Just the buttered noodles. I uh, been. Uh, you ever had their spaghetti and meatballs? I've been slowly turning. No, that's too. I don't go for that ethnic shit. That's too much for me. Make that shit. I just get the buttered noodles. I'm not trying to impress anyone like you, working in the theaters. Yeah. And I've also been trying to slowly turn my new wife against her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because uh, that's uh, I basically I want to be her, my my wife's new daughter. Oh. I want to become her, and I think to answer your question, that's that's probably why I I I threatened to fight uh, a lot of women. Yeah. Oh my God! A... What a breakthrough! Oh my God! You want to be a daughter. Oh, my God. You're going to cut this out, right? You can't put this on your yeah, show, right? Yeah, I'm going to cut it out. Don't worry. Oh my God, I want to be a pretty girl like my wife's new daughter. Oh, yeah. that's actually kind of sweet. Is it? Yeah. I think that's okay. You don't think it's horrifying? Like no. You don't want to no, 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 no. run away? No. I think that's beautiful. You're learning this about yourself. And, uh, you know, I still go down and be teased, too, yeah. once in a while. you gotta, you got to have balance. Life's mm-hmm. all about balance. Yeah, the one in Dearborn. Uh, so, uh, Uncle Ron, I know that you don't approve of my, you know, theatrical... Uh, well, I just thought, you, you know, I tried to get you and uh, your brothers to play some basketball or something mm-hmm. growing up, like uh, what yeah. a normal Never boy would it. do. Uh, but and, I was wondering uh, uh, if you were perhaps interested, if you like music, though. Because uh, Don, Don over here, Don Dupree, is, uh, he's, a, uh, he's a musician. Yeah, uh, I heard the, it was great. He's playing a beautiful Gibson guitar, too, and it mm-hmm. sounds great. And I loved it. I heard it coming in. And uh, the only kind of music I listen to is uh, Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah. Number Jeff one, Lins. Jeff Lynn's Electric Light Orchestra. And uh, I, I also listened to uh, the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, <laughs> well, uh, you've also written music yourself. So do you have any uh, pointers, tips for Don? For Don here? Yeah, give it up right away. Give oh. it up. Don't bother with it. That all that kind late. of stuff is sissy stuff. And oh, uh, just get you know play basketball, <laughs> and don't. Don't waste your time on that kind of stuff. He's been doing it, it for a long time. He's pretty good. Oh, you have? Okay. A couple weeks. Right. A couple, couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's See, too, it's going to... rough road. <laughs> rough yeah, road, I... Yeah. I uh, you know, I write a song here and there, and uh, then I I promptly uh, crumple it up, throw it in the trash, mm-hmm. and I, I uh, you know, have a good cry. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. Because all of that, uh, all those instincts in me, I suppressed them yeah. right away, you know. Don, do you so, have any questions for my Uncle Ron? <laughs> where do you, where do you work at, Ron? Yeah, well, yeah what's your job? You keep switching jobs around. I got a great uh, job. I got, I'm in the UAW. I got in there uh, about 40 years ago. It's weird because you've never worked in the auto industry. And I have. It, it is weird. I sit. Uh, I sit uh, in a truck, basically, mm-hmm. and air conditioned the back of a truck, like the kind they would normally uh, transport horses with. <laughs> and uh, I sit there and I get drunk, and then uh, me and my buddy uh, uh, go out into Noodles and Company for lunch. 
and uh, we, you know, make it, we get paid, you know, we've been in UAW for a long time, so we're, you know, we're getting 35 an hour wow. to do that job, and those are the kind of jobs that don't exist anymore, <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's just, all know, these kids I going off to college. We worked hard to get those jobs, okay, and then we got uh, you people, you know, complaining about, you know, we can't, oh, you know, it's, uh. We, how come we can't have jobs like the baby boomers? Mm-hmm. And, well, maybe if you hadn't started fucking around in the theater <laughs> and you'd worked hard, played basketball, watched basketball on TV yeah. instead of, uh, you know, working on your marriages, you, w- you, you would be having a, a great job like That's Uncle true. Ron's got. <laughs> That's true. That's very good. Good point. Uh, any any last uh, things you'd like to like to say, Uncle Ron, before we before we get out of here? Okay, number one, uh, please tell your aunt Carol that I want that money from that wedding okay, back. I'll text her as soon as we're done here. I you know I, I need it real bad, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd also like to say that it wouldn't kill you to call your uncle once in a while. Mm-hmm. Come over and meet my new wife. Okay, my wife's new daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we can go out to uh, eat or something like that. Where do you want to go? BT's. Yeah, we go to BT's. I like the burgers are good there. They're only twenty dollars. Oh, that's and, pretty good. Uh, yeah, they got you can get breakfast nachos too any time of the day. <laughs> well, thank you guys. And so they've uh, got good music there. I like the music. Yeah, what kind of music they play in there? They play. Uh, they play a lot of kid rock. Yeah. They play guns a lot. And roses? Yeah, they play a lot of Guns N' Roses. Uh-huh. They play a lot of Jeff Lynn's ELO, <laughs> which I don't under. That's you know, that's my. Uh, that was wait. I can't remember which wipe that was oh. from earlier. That was the DJ <laughs> that played all the. But it's an odd choice, you know what I mean? Because uh, you know ELO is not really that sexy or good no. to do sexy dances. <laughs> no. To. Sweet talking woman like, could be sexy. Yeah. But it's kind of fast paced, so they're probably you know what like, gyrating like, very You fast. know what I think is the sexiest track is uh is uh another Heartbreaks from the Time album, nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Very sexy track. That is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Uncle Ron. Well, thanks so much it. for wasting my time. Yeah. And uh All right. <laughs> and uh Don, where can people find more from you? Um you just go to, and do, if, if people still go on websites, dondupree.com. Yeah. Website it up, guys. Yeah, dude. Paid <laughs> 10 bucks a month for that shit. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, all right. We will be back next week with more fun. And, Don, what is this last song that you'll be showing us called? Oh, shit. Um, should play a song about uh, doing basketball. <laughs> doing basketball. <laughs> this song is called Something to Play Basketball With. Something okay. to play basketball with. <laughs> oh, man. Let's see here if I can. I just wrote this a couple of days ago. I've been messing with it. Nice. All right. We will be back next week with Babe. Here is Don Dupree one last time. Okay. Yeah, a friend of mine, he came by the house We drank some beers and ran our mouths Wait, let me start off A friend of mine came by the house We drank some beers and ran our mouths 
He told some jokes and I sang some songs. He asked me where that one come from. And I told him the truth of it. Hey, it really ain't no magic trick. You just tell the truth and you make it rhyme. Take your time. If you do all that shit, this stuff writes itself. You don't have to look too far. It's right between the smiles and the broken hearts. There's always somebody happy or somebody that's sad as hell. You don't have to look too far. This stuff writes itself. As the empty bottles piled up, he talked about his wife and son. He brought up work and his old man and how he really misses him. And he said, yeah, I better leave and we should do this once a week. He got in the car and he drove away and I sit back down and put a pen to the page. This stuff writes itself You don't have to look too far It's right between the lines And the broken hearts Hey, there's always somebody out there With a story to tell Hey, you don't have to look too far This stuff writes itself hey, you don't have to look too far this stuff writes itself. The Michael the Brave Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Amp Podcast Network. If you like what you heard today, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. And uh, follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey there, my name is Seth Ressler. Hi everyone, it's Becky Scarcello. I am new to the Detroit area. And I've been here my whole life. So we started a podcast together. It's called The D Brief. Detroit's arts and entertainment podcast. We cover concerts, comedy, plays, food, drink, all kinds of stuff. All the cool events around town, things to do, and the people that are doing them. Can we talk about some of the people we've had as guests on this podcast? Hey, this is Mark Kurlianchik, the restaurant critic for the Detroit Free Press. Hi, I'm Ian Delisi, and I host Essential Music on 1019 WDET. Hi, this is Mark Ridley of Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Hey, this is Kate Williams, executive chef of Lady of the House. Hey, this is Mel Town from WRAF in Detroit. This is Josh Mallerman, author of Bird Box. This is Carmen Hart. Curator of film at the Detroit Institute of Arts. President and founder of Valentine Distilling Company. The general manager of innovation experiences for the Henry Ford. Arts and entertainment editor at the Detroit Free Press. The Michigan Science Center. Arts Beats and If you like going out in the city of Detroit, you're going to like this podcast. The Debrief Podcast. We like to say Detroit's moving. Keep up. The Debrief. Your guide to Detroit's arts and entertainment scene.